Welcome to I've Got One, a podcast for the stories that define us. I'm Andy Sharavsky. And I'm Jim O'Connell. And if you've been listening and you want to help us out, go ahead and write us an iTunes review. Yeah, those help us out a lot and help other people find the show. This week, we have a story of adventure and action on the high seas of Lake Michigan. Daniel Santrella, dreadlocks, oh no, (laughs) encouraging. I've been married for three years. I played music for a long time. I worked in a law firm for a really long time. This chaos that I'm about to tell would be called happy ending. Pablo I've known for a very, very long time through a very good friend of mine. Uh, It's his father. He's an old Chilean man. His face looks like it has been folded up and crinkled for lifetimes and then lightly unfurled into what is now his beautiful Chilean face. Pablo's like um, the first guy to like bail me out of jail without like telling my parents, right? Like sees me get arrested and it's like, I'll go get that. He doesn't deserve this. Just a really eccentric person. He's just, he's, he's got a lot going on. He's, he's lived a lot of lives, right? And Pablo always needed to dock his boat at the end of the summer across Lake Michigan in Michigan City. A fun backstory on Pablo is that to learn how to sail, him and his buddy purchased a sailboat. Neither of them knew how to sail and they would chase storms so that they would be in the heart of it and just have to figure it out because it was life or death and neither of them really cared what happened. So I'm in Chicago. I get a call from Pablo. Hey, Dane, I'm going to need you to help me with a sail um, across the lake. And I don't want to do it alone. So, of course, I'm like, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, I'm in. Like, I didn't care. I dropped, like, everything I was doing, which was probably, like, nothing. Or I just probably, like, gently put put out the joint and, like, <laughs> and, like uh, you know, made my way down to the, the docks a day or two later. Um, I get there. Um, I, I ended up encouraging one of my friends to come, uh, Mark, who uh, knows Pablo really well. Mark goes by Jack Faith. Um, and I usually go by Billy Jesus. So we have the Jack Faith and Billy Jesus duo coming at you. Um, we boarded at Monroe Harbor. Um, we expected it just to be us and Pablo. And much to our surprise, Alvin joined. Alvin is a like six foot seven, super lanky dude who's just aggressively mad all the time. He's... He's a really angry person. He never seems to be happy. I've seen him be happy once, um, but I can't explain that story, and I'm sorry. Um, and so he he's there. He's hanging out. Um, he has the deepest voice that I've ever heard in my entire life. He's always talking to you from, like, the bowels of his, like, body. And 
constantly smoking Newport 100s. So we've got me, uh, at the time I was like 200 pounds heavier than I am right now, so I was this big round person, add 200 pounds to anyone you know. I had a big afro. My buddy Mark was like this real short little dude. He looked all snappy, snazzy kind of dresser. You've got Pablo. His look at the time was like constantly a sweatshirt and jeans, but it was like later in the season, otherwise it would have just been a white t-shirt and jeans. And Alvin, who is exactly as I've described him to be. It was an interesting mix. I get that call, we, we arrive at the boat. You know, I mean, Pablo does his normal walkthrough. He's like, hey guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, he shows us like everything that's inside of the vessel. He's like, you know, we have Javis Ragol, we've got um, empanadas, we have um, coffee, lots of coffee. We have like all this kind of stuff, right? And so we're like, oh great, like we're fully stocked. Like, here we go, this journey's gonna be ridiculous. And so, um, so we start, right? We, we un, uh, do the knots and we take off. So we started this at probably somewhere between 10 and like 1 p.m. So like the morning or the afternoon, somewhere in there. So this was expected to be like eight to 10 hours, something like that. That's what Pablo gave, gave us this nice range. It's actually going really well. The sails are like perfectly, I don't know, there's probably a sailing word for it when they're like completely like uh, unfurled or totally like bulging. So like there's plenty of wind. We're like, we're hauling ass as, as much as you can on a sailboat, which is probably like 3.5 knots or something like that. Pablo's teaching us all sorts of things about sailing we've never learned before. So here's how you wrap this knot. Like here's like the winds changing directions. Like we're gonna need to move the, you know, the boom this way. We're gonna have to move like the mainsail like this way. Here we go. Like we're, he's showing us all the motions. We're going through it. Album's just sitting like smoking his new ports and just being like, hell yeah. Like he's got nothing on his mind. The skyline of Chicago is getting like smaller and smaller and smaller. So maybe it's about the size of your, I don't know, your head. That's about as big as it is. There is nothing really else around. You can kind of see like some smaller cities, uh, like you can see Indiana, you can see, you can't really see Michigan yet, um, but all of that's there. So, Middle of the afternoon, we start to drink. We're just having like normal beers. We're, we're doing our thing. Um, we're cruising. And then, you know, and then a few hours later, we're like, hey, like, I don't know. We've probably been on a boat for like five, maybe six hours now. Like, we're, we're not gonna be there in two hours. Like, there's just no way. And so literally I'm like, hey, Pablo, like, you really think it's gonna take like two hours to get like the rest of the way across the lake? And this is the first time he admits this. He's, Dan, I, I don't really know. I've never sailed across. <laughs> like what? You never sailed across? Like what, did, what have you been doing? And so apparently you'd been motoring across the entire time. So if you have your motor like hooked up, you can motor right across in eight hours, ain't no thing, you're fine. Uh, but he had never truly committed to f sailing across. So he was like, yeah, that's why I say maybe like 10 hours. And so you're like, okay, so like, he factored in four more hours for sailing. That seems justified, like sure, like okay, may and maybe it'll be like six more hours or something like that. Uh, it's dark out, we're drinking a lot. 
So we finish our first bottle of Chavis Regal. Um, we are moving on to like a little bit of tequila that's left. There's all sorts of goofy things at that very end of the season that people have just left there for the whole summer. The skyline's like the size of a dime. It's dark. Fireworks had gone off, I think, at Navy Pier. Maybe I'm making that up because I've seen fireworks on that boat so many times. We're like well in the bag, but the, the wind had been going like so well this whole time that no one was really like worried about it. We've got this, right? We've got Pablo, really, and that's the only way that we have this at all. Um, so, well, okay, so at this point, um, Pablo, the, the wind starts to sort of like taper off. And it's like we're moving way slower than we were. If I said we were at 3.5 knots, maybe we're at two now or something like that. So we're just like lightly cruising. We're like, oh shit, okay. Like, what happens next? Like, what would, like, this is, we've been on the boat now for probably 12 hours, maybe 13 hours, maybe 14 hours. No one can really gauge it. We're having a good time still, but like, we're low on rations. We've eaten all the empanadas. Alvin's angrier than he was when this whole thing started. Um, we finished all the Chavis Regal, which is Pablo's favorite drink, and now we're on tequila, which like is waking me up a lot, but everyone else is getting a little sleepy. Pablo, for the first time in his life, looks at me and Mark, and he just goes, uh, gentlemen, I've had too much to drink. I'm going to take a nap. It's me and Mark, the wind dies totally. There's nothing going on there. Um, it's, it gets real dark. Two hours later, right? So there's nothing. You can't see anything. It's pitch black. There's like the only thing inside is whatever is like on you in the boat itself. And me and my buddy Mark are sitting there like out of our skulls exhausted. We've been drinking on this boat for 12 hours or something like that. Longer. And so, we start passing a guitar back and forth. We try to figure out how to make cowboy coffee. Cowboy coffees are those weird, like, silver metallic things that you give everyone as a gift for Christmas. Uh, because they're, like, cheap and they go right on the stovetop or, like, naturally, I think, into a fire, which will also create this, hence cowboy. Um, and so... We have all of, uh, we're having like, we're passing cups and cups and cups of coffee. And we're, we're talking like really, really, really fast. Uh, Mark has Adderall, Adderall's had. We're awake, like our minds are like painfully alert and our bodies are just done. So we're like laying on these, there's two benches on the front of this boat. And we're both just laying there, like just like dead fish and looking at each other talking erratically. It's like, yeah, 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 when, when the wind picks back up, like, we're, we're totally gonna, I got this, we, we were like, we're totally fine, we were like, everything's gonna move as fast as we can, like, don't worry about it, like, this is gonna be great, well, you know, like, worst case scenario, like, what, 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 what do we do, what, whatever. We're, we're trying as best we can to keep each other alert, awake, the wind picks up. Uh, wind is howling actually at this point, which maybe if I was like a sailor or had like a real fondness, I guess I have a fondness towards the, the, the lake or the water, but if I had anything that gave me knowledge of like why the wind would howl at such a late hour, I would have been terrified. Um, but instead I was like, hell yeah, like here we go, we got this. Um, so 
Um, me and Mark start sailing. We take all this knowledge that Pablo's given us, and we are like, we're moving that boat, man. Like, in a, in a sailboat, you have to cut, right? So you're going like left and right. You're like zigzagging across to eventually reach your destination, which is somewhere in the middle. You can never just go straight at it. And so, we're like zigging right, and we're, we're zanging the other way, and we're doing everything we can to do this. So yeah, we're, we're like cruising. Well, then the wind dies again, and with the wind dying, so does the GPS. We kind of take note a little bit before this, like what general direction we're headed. We're like, okay, there's a green and there's a red light, like somewhere in the distance. Those are the really the only two things flashing. That's the way we need to go. Totally fine. Like, we're not worried about it. But at the same time, we don't really realize that, like, we're in just, it's sheer blackness. I mean, you zoom out of this boat real quick, like, you have this tiny little vessel, and then all of a sudden you see all this water, and then there's just more water and more water and more water, and then it's just, like, black. There's nothing around. There's nothing there. And so uh, the boat is just going in circles this whole time. And we're not really knowing that it's doing that. I mean, like, we're passing a guitar again. We're making more coffee. We're, like, trying to um, captain this boat that we have no business captaining at the moment. Um, and literally, like, everything's just kind of turning. And the waves are moving us. And we're not thinking about it. We're just kind of on this vessel. Um, and so the wind does pick back up. We find those lights, we cruise. We do the same damn thing we did before. We're hauling ass, like everything's going really well. We've been on the boat for probably about 22 hours at this point. Um, I guess that would mean that it was almost, it was already be the next day, so that can't be true. But uh, we're on this boat for a really long time. Maybe we're 18 hours in or whatever. It's still really dark. It's probably f four or five o'clock in the morning. We're, uh, we're, we're again, we're cruising as, as best we possibly can. And those lights that were like so bright to us and like this red and this green light that we we're heading towards, suddenly, you know, with daylight emerging, become less and less visible. So the sun's like rising and that red and that green is getting lighter and lighter until it's really not there at all. We have no idea like really where we are what direction we're headed we just know that we've sailed really well and now like we can kind of see a horizon emerging um and it doesn't look like any place that we should be we're like well this is just a lot of smokestacks and like where is he gonna park this thing and so uh alvin wakes up and all you see is there's there's two hatches on the front of the boat there's uh, one hatch in like the main cabin, and there's one hatch in the captain's quarters. Uh, you see the hatch in the main cabin just burst open. And you see this dude, it looks like he was doing those fake elevator maneuvers when you like, you know, hit ding, and then like lightly like go down between this, the, like behind the table or behind the couch or whatever, right, right? And so you see his head like just shoot up from there like very slowly like Wah! And then like a cigarette comes out literally like directly following it like pre-lit like he had lit this in the cabin it was hilarious and also you see this come up like two fingers like slowly emerge gets to his mouth you see him like take a puff he looks around he looks frustrated and then the, the cabin hatch slowly closes and you hear him in the cabin first time 
go, we are fucking lost. I look at Mark and I say, me and Mark are just done. We'd had it. Like we had drank so much and we had had so much coffee and our minds had been in so many places and now they now the light emerges and like here you are, holy shit, this thing that you were doing, it didn't work. Pablo comes comes up and we tell him, Hey Pablo, like GPS died, man. We I don't know where this is. Were you guys like afraid in the darkness of the night? So there's totally like that youthfulness that goes with this, right? Like, like we didn't, we weren't afraid. Like there was nothing to be afraid of. Like, what would we have been afraid of? If we were scared of the dark, we probably would have been afraid. But like, there was not, like we were passing songs back and forth, right? We were like trading music and music ideas and just like general ideas, right? This is like one of those moments where like someone's like, maybe one day we'll learn to speak French. And it's like super romantic, right? Like there's no fucking, I mean, there was no romance, but like, you know, it's like this really romanticized notion of like what you're doing and like what the world is about. It doesn't fucking matter. Your your now wife or like any of your friends like waiting at home being like man like did you have cell phone service like was anybody like worried about you? <laughs> so okay yeah so cell phone service is very spotty. Um, I don't remember my wife's name is Rebecca. I don't know where Rebecca was at the time. We were together at the time, but we were not married at that point. There was no there there was no point during this where like I texted anyone to be like yo I love you like please pray. Cause that like, that would be my thing, you know? Like if I know I'm going under, like that's it. One time I was on like a very scary highway in the middle of Texas and like this tornado was ripping apart the world. Like that was one of those times where I was like under the seat, like being like, mom, dad, I love you guys, pray. God, oh man, like it was gonna be game over, right? That was like, yeah, so. um, So this wasn't that. This wasn't that, no, 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 not at all. So what happens next is this. The GPS is, is obviously bonk. It's totally gone. Pablo is very confused by this. He's like, what do you mean the GPS is uh, not working? And uh, we're just like, yeah, the batteries ran out. It's terrible. We know that we're going into a storm now. And I gave up. I just said, uh, you know what? I have not had enough sleep and I'm gonna go take a nap. And the only comforting fact about that is one, that I'm really tired so I don't really care. Um, And two, that Pablo like did this. Like that's how he learned how to sail. He's gonna get us through this, right? Kind of, maybe? And so me and Mark went down there and we took a nice little nap. And we woke up both on the floor of this damn boat because the waves were so intense that it literally jostled us both out of bed into each other. We collide midair, we fall to the floor and now we're wide awake and we're like, holy shit, like what's going on since we've been here? Uh, Whoa. Pablo's up there, he's now got like this like really intense like North Face thing on and waves are splashing him in the face. Uh, Alvin's really upset, his cigarette's half drenched in water and it had just recently gone out and he's up there like pretty scared but Alvin would never actually show you that he's scared so he just becomes fiercer and fiercer. 
He says pretty much nothing. He's just mumbling pretty much the whole time aggressively. And Pablo's up there, like, literally being like, Don, Don, get a bucket. Get up. Like, that was not the right accent for Pablo. <laughs> He's turned into, like, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meet me up in the tree now. Um, he's like, he's trying to control this boom, and the boom is the part that's right on the back end of the boat and really, like, jostles a bunch with, like, the wind, right? It's kind of like how you control your direction, sort of, with that boat. And so that part of this is going nuts. I mean, he's, like, he's got it, like, ripped up with, like, all, he's got it tied up crazy, like, in all sorts of knots so that he could try to keep it steady along with, like, the handle. The boat's just, like, kind of a tin can in, like, a uh, children's bathtub at this point. Like, it's just going ham in there. This whole scene appears to be like a child's painting. There's just all these colors and there's no direction anywhere, right? There was this real scary moment where we needed to take the mainsail down because we were attempting at this point to just please use the motor and motor us wherever the hell we needed to go. But the storm is like really messing with us. And so um, we need to get the mainsail down because it's like making the boat go insane. I mean, like, the, it's like keeling to the sides. Like it looks like at any point, like this thing is going to tip. If you were looking out the through the cabins, like windows, you would just see like lake, then sky, then lake, then sky. And we're like, oh, like this is very scary stuff going on up here. So we're trying to get the mainsail down. Pablo's the only one with balls to do this at all. So this boat's doing this like back and forth craziness. Lake, sky, lake, sky. And Pablo has to climb to the front of the boat. Um, and essentially, like, yank this mast down. And so he's tied himself up. He's, he's walking towards the front of the boat. He's like, he's like, done, done. Just hold the boat as best you can. Steady, steady. And so I'm like, I'm holding this, like, the, the big stick thing. Alvin's mumbling. Mark, I don't remember what Mark was doing. Honestly, I think he was, like, underneath the boat, like, shitting his pants. Uh, it, was, it was pretty scary. And so I'm holding this thing as best I can. Pablo is now like at the front of this boat and he's yanking down the mast as best. He's ripping it down. Like he has destroyed this mast. Like he's jumping up. He's like pulling it down as best he can. The boat's moving back and forth. He's like, he's like off the ground, like his feet are off the ground, like off the boat and just kind of like moving. Like he's swinging on this mast, pulling it down. So he comes back and I'm holding that thing steady but the knots of the boom slip. And so the boom now, which is literally like controlled completely by the wind, just comes swinging full force at Pablo. It's this big metal post. And so it literally comes and it smacks him in the gut. And he like holds onto it. Like he grabs it with all his might and like swings with it, like way off the side of the boat. like. Six feet off the side of the boat, this thing is going up and down. His, his like legs get dipped in the water, then pulled back, like jostled up into like the sky. I'm like going like back and forth and back and forth. And you see his glasses fly off and his coat rips. And we're like, oh my god! Like I was like, Pablo's gonna die. Like he's really done it this time. Like this storm got him. Like all of these storms he's chased, and none of them have taken him like this. Um, and so I'm kind of tugging on the rope that he's got like made for himself that he's tied to and I'm holding on to that as best I can I'm trying to get the boom under control um, But I can't because Pablo's 
literally like laying like a fish on it, like swinging back and forth. He finally swings like super hard into the boat, lets go of the boom. The boom like sails across the other way, but Pablo just falls directly into the cabin, like through the, the hatch on the top. And so all of us are just like, whoa, like what happened? Like this is ridiculous. We're probably dealing with the storm all told for maybe only an hour, hour and a half. Um, the first 30 minutes of that, well, the first lifetime of that, because it felt like an eternity, was when all of this chaos ensued. And then it was just like a very sober ride back, right? And so we're just like, the the motor's going, like, it's it, the motor on that boat like always worked horribly. And so it's just kind of like shuddering on and off, but it's getting us there. And that's like all that any of us want. We finally approach Michigan City. Uh, we are approaching, like, going through this nice, like, narrow canal, like, whatever, um, and everything, like, seems really chill, and then, like, all of a sudden you hear this noise of, like, I, and we have beached the boat, like, in the middle of this canal. Like, so, we're just sitting in this little river area that's supposed to take us to where we dock the boat, and instead the boat is weighs too much is too big and just has literally gone into the sand at the bottom and of this lake and we're just sitting there and these tiny little boats like in canoes are passing us by and they're like looking at us like wow that's a weird place to anchor and we're just kind of like what do we do um Pablo had neglected to mention like all of the like five to ten letters he received from this place telling him that like Hey, don't bring your boat this year. Like, the water's too low. It's not going to fit. And so we're like, what do we do? And so, like, this good Samaritan family tied up a bunch of knots to this thing, used their powerboat, and just dug us through. Like, basically to the next patch that was deep enough. And then again, through the following patch, like, scraped the bottom of the boat, and these heinous noises are going on. And then, like, again, until we finally reached the place where we could actually dock this boat. Man, getting on land after this was like, I literally kissed the ground. I am, I am like so excited that we're here. Like, I don't want to go on a boat again for a while. Like, holy shit. I'm like, I want to call my mom, tell her about this later. Like, this is ridiculous. And that's it. We, that, that's where the story, I guess, ends. We made it. Uh, Pablo's boat is named The Happy Ending. Thus the title of this. We've had many of horror stories on that boat. None quite as horrific as that. So, okay. I didn't realize during the story that the motor was available to you the whole right, time. Right, that's what I was saying. I was like, wait, what? First of all, I have a whole bunch of questions. So, <laughs> so first of all, like, it, it does really seem like you're running off some sort of principle because it seems like there were a couple options. One, there was a motor on the fucking boat. Two, you were seeing shorelines of sorts. So like when you're in these dire straits, like what, wh why not attempt to try to just pull over anywhere? And what were you feeling about that at the time? Okay. So the reason that we didn't use the motor is because up until this point, remember like, we had just been, we'd been cruising and we, like, nothing was bad, right? So we're just like, fine, like, this is going to take a while, but all of us have eternity. Like, we, we have nothing to go back and do. So it doesn't matter, like, if this takes, like, 15 hours, which was really, like, in my mind, I was just like, okay, he said it was going to take eight. It's probably going to be slightly more than double that. Maybe it'll be, like, 15, 16 hours. Like, that's fine. Whatever. Like, it does, that doesn't matter. 
That night, which would have probably been the most appropriate time to use that, Pablo's sound asleep. We're sailing really, really well until we're not. But at that point, like, I have no idea how to crank up and use a diesel engine. Like, Pablo had only taught us about sailing, and it seemed, like, lackluster to, like, go wake him and be like, hey, like, you know, we'd seen lights in the distance. Like, we knew where we were going. Like, it was kind of there. It was, like, seemed, like, touchable, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The reason that you cannot just, like, sort of pull ashore anywhere is because you run that danger of beaching a boat. And so when there's waves like that and all this stuff, there was no real option to be like, I mean, you're not talking about like, oh, there's like a pretty beach with all this sand and like, we can just like hoist right up on there. It's like, no, here's like all these like rugged ass metallic or rock like slated things. Like it's all industrial park pretty much right through there. So there's no like tourist thing. This is just like the water stops here and now like industry booms. Did Pablo originally when he set out to do this, he was like, I'm finally going to sail across. the Like, is that really what it was? Like why there was no talk at the beginning of using the motor? Or he was just like, this is my goal. I'm going to sail the lake this time. Pablo's personality is like somewhat inexplicable, right? Um, <laughs> I don't I don't think like we were missing a discussion. Like, I don't think at the time I didn't need information. I wasn't like, I wasn't like now I'd be like, well, how precisely how long is it going to take me? And like, maybe I should see a map in advance and like understand like where we're going to cruise, like whatever. Uh, then it was just kind of like totally ad hoc. I mean, we were just kind of like living literally to, to live. Like you're just going to have no idea what happens next. So I don't care if we're motoring it or we're sailing it. And Pablo like still lives like that pretty much to this day. I mean, there's not like, there's not a time where you could hit him with like some crazy piece of news or some crazy um, adventure idea that he's like, oh no, I think I'll take a pass. Uh, when you like envision like the most interesting man in the world from all his commercials, like this is very much him in real life. Um, yeah, man, I mean, Pablo was like the, the guy we, like if we had nothing to do, we were in the suburbs and even if his kids weren't around, you'd be like, Pablo, what are you doing tonight? Like, can we come drink some Chilean wine with you and like, watch SNL, because that sounds great. <laughs> and we did that, like, often, you know? Like, he was a total host. You'd get there and he'd be like, I have Twizzlers and figs and uh, nuts of all kinds. Um, or he'd be like, yeah, I just came home from my mom's house. We have plenty of empanadas and, uh, you know, like, candied carrots. <laughs> like, it was just ridiculous, you know? So that's, yeah. The idea of worrying is just like, that is our natural state, like the women in my family yeah. at like all times. And like, if you don't have like a low grade anxiety about something, like you're bored and like you don't <laughs> even know what to do about it. Jim, there was a period of time when Jim and I first started dating where like, um, you remember like I would wake up, the alarm would go off and I'd wake up in the morning and the first thing I would do is go, <gasps> oh, I, would, really? I would gasp and sit up and like Jim pointed this out to me. He's like, you wake up alarmed in the morning. Like, <laughs> Like the alarm goes off and it's like, grab the phone, turn it off. I just like freak out. And I don't do that so much anymore. Like, I mean, Jim is a much calmer person than I am. So I think living with him has, has been good. This is hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I just like, I'm just kind of like worried about, like uh, right now I could list like four or five things that I'm like, while we're talking, I'm also being like, mm, kind of worried about that. <laughs> but, so like you fascinate me as a person. I feel like I can like learn a lot from you. I wake up and like, my wake up routine is like a weird regimen because it's like, I have like a big clock that looks like the sun uh -huh. and it slowly rises for me. Oh yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, those. yeah. And like it rises all the way to the point that like once I'm supposed to wake up, like whatever the time the alarm's set for, like the sun's at its, at its peak mm -hmm. and birds start chirping and like little That's gongs awesome. are going off, right? 
And so, like, I just wake up in this, like, super silly mood. Like, I'll just be like, <laughs> today before I came over here, I was, like, doing a bunch of weird voices until my wife woke up. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, I'm just hanging out today. <laughs> because this weird yeah. sun clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and I'm pretty psyched about that. Yeah, That's like. amazing. Yeah. What, are, what are we actually scared of, right? Is, like, is it the moment that, like, because, okay, so we're scared of, like, death or, like, something, like, maybe, like, that's the biggest mm. fear, right? But, like, I'm not actually scared of death. Like, okay, the lights go out, right? Like, what you're scared of is those few moments before that you have to be conscious for, mm -hmm. right? That's the fucking alarming part. Yeah. So that's all of, like, all that anxiety is is that, right? You're like, oh, God, like, this storm is going to shake my house into bits and I'm going to have to be awake to watch that happen <laughs> until I'm not anymore. Or right. this fucking plane's going to parachute out of the sky and, like, God. What am I gonna do? Like, but nothing. You're just gonna. You're just gonna be done. And that's always like people yeah. talk about that too. Like, oh, what a horrible way to die. And it's like, maybe they're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. about too, Like, oh my god. Other the, people have to think about that. Few, yeah. And Pablo, that's, Pablo, like yeah. even on this story, and then you said subsequent other boat stories and others who knows what has yeah. faced these moments so he doesn't yeah. probably yeah. that probably contributes to his yeah, just I like fucking like, attitude yeah, you become more desensitized to it i yeah. don't know like i don't know what it is like he's swinging on a boom on a boat that could capsize with him on it right, and has yeah. faced that and dropped back into the boat and that's so. why i think like it's important to take those as like in those less dramatic moments and face those things mm. like that it's really important to like learn and grow from yourself by doing those things by challenging yourself maybe not in as dire and a dramatic way but like <laughs> get on stage and do something weird in front of a bunch of people that are totally gonna judge you even mm. though everyone's like no one's judging you like blah 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 they all came here to see you succeed not to fail like maybe who's <laughs> guaranteeing that like I, uh, whatever you know like uh, yeah. you definitely go to a concert and be like man I hope like Gary sucks tonight because he's a real <laughs> ass in real life you know like whatever <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's I, like that challenging nature of, of life is really important. Like, you gleam so much about yourself from getting in those moments, from facing those things. My favorite quote from Pablo ever is, is actually very simple and extremely true. And he just says, The wind can be soft enough to kiss your lips or strong enough to kick your ass. Thanks so much for listening, and huge thanks to Daniel Santrella for sharing that crazy story with us. Yeah, we have three episodes left of this season, and we are looking forward to season two, which is going to be a thing. So we're going to need more stories. We have some ideas in mind and some plans, but if you yourself have a story or you know someone, especially in the Chicago area, that has one, drop us a line on our Facebook page or email us at I've Got One Podcast at gmail.com. I've Got One is supported by... Nobody financially. But hopefully all of you emotionally. Emotionally.